G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As a Christian, you're usually a lot more discerning about the sorts of entertainment that you and your family are exposed to. But it's all the more challenging given the lower standards as to what you're seeing on television and the unlimited potential of what you can see on the internet. So for some, this is freedom. For others, this is a threat. So who is in the battle for values in movies and entertainment? Let's talk movies and entertainment with one of the world's leading movie critics who has a life goal to redeem the values of the media. Ted Bear is the founder and publisher of Movie Guide. It's the family guide to movies and entertainment. Ted's also chairman of the Christian Film and Television Commission Ministry, as well as a noted critic, an educator, a lecturer and media pundit. He's in Australia and is special guest at a screening of the movie Paul, Apostle of Christ, tonight in Melbourne at Hoyt's Melbourne Central. And as I understand it, there are still some tickets available to see the film and to hear from Ted Bear. But Ted's joining us and on the line. Hello, Ted. Welcome along to 2020. It's great to be with you again. It's wonderful. It's been a while. It has been a while, and uh, we have had a conversation or two over the years, and usually around the time of uh, of uh, special movie guide presentations and uh, talk about Hollywood and uh, those sorts of important things. Let me ask you about your values, uh, first of all, because you've got this life goal, redeeming the values of the media, and this is something you just keep chipping away at, Ted. Well, you know, I started out on the far left, and uh, my parents were stars. My father, my father won the box office award in 1936. That means he was the top star at that time, and he did a series of Texas Rangers. He was Bob Texas. His real name was Ted Bear, but uh, my mother died when I was young, so I went off the track, did a lot of drugs, a lot of stuff, joined a uh, communist legal organization to represent the Chicago 7, and then somebody nagged me to get, read the Bible, and I read the Bible, I came to Christ. And every, all the salacious bad activity stopped, and I changed. And I had financed five feature films. One of them was Oliver Stone's first film. And I felt uh, that I needed to repent of all that and to change. And so I did The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe on CBS television. It had 37 million viewers, and I said, well, one movie or television program, the average movie in Hollywood takes 13 years. I said... You know, how can we redeem the media? Maybe I could train 13 people to do great movies. And uh, we started out, there was one movie with positive Christian content. There were six family films. Now it's up to 40% family films. 82% of the films when we started were R-rated. Now it's less than 30%. And the number of movies with positive Christian content of all kinds and variety have increased dramatically. So there are only five movies a week being released in theaters, and this year, every week, something like I Can Only Imagine and Paul the Apostle of Christ and Unforgiven, the sequel, and all of these movies are coming out week after week, and uh, a lot of that is because we show people in Hollywood how to make more money and how to uh, succeed 
at the box office. So even people who don't agree with our values, like my friend uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg, released a movie last year that was the most pro-life movie of all time. It made $498 million. It was Boss Baby. It says babies are created in heaven, which, of course, you and I believe, because we believe this, the Bible, the Psalms. And it says that Jesus is the boss, which you and I believe. And it says that Satan is trying to stop people from having babies. It's an incredible Christian uh, humorous allegory. And we see these coming out all the time. So we're very blessed. Now, this illustrates, doesn't it, the value of movie guide. The idea of if you're a parent and you have children and you want to have values that are presented to your children that are in line with your Christian values, you need to hunt down the movie guide and find out what's happening. Because when you mention the movie Boss Baby, uh, most of us are guided really by the marketing for movies rather than getting those in you're particularly good at, Ted? Well, there are a lot of people in the industry now that are on our side. There are a lot of people who come to our big gala, which I'm inviting you to again. <laughs> it's February 8th uh, next year. Join us. Right. Uh, but a lot of the, the, the director of Boss Baby Game, a lot of people come and say, "You, this changed my life. One uh, Jewish producer was doing things like Dumb and Dumber, which wasn't too bad, but he was also doing he said, coming to the Movie Guide Award showed me that I could make uh, movies for my children without being embarrassed and make more money. So we do the awards. We teach people about scripts. I'm going to do that tomorrow, a master class in filmmaking here. I was head of a department at Berkeley, so I actually have you know a lot of experience doing that. I was head of a department at City University of New York. And then with parents, you're absolutely right. The most powerful person in Hollywood is not the former head of Disney, Michael Eisner, who lost his job, or the Jeffrey Katzenberg, who lost his company, or, you know, Ted Turner, who lost his company. It's the kid between 12 and 24 who goes to movies. If they decide uh, this weekend to go to a good movie, like I can only imagine, it'll do well. If they decide they're going to go to some terrible movie like Rampage, it'll do well. So you get to vote at the box office. You're the most powerful person. And what you're doing on radio, what we do in Movie Guide, and we reach uh, about uh, 55 million unique, non-duplicated people every month, that makes a difference. That gives us the ability to shape Hollywood. And, of course, we're all familiar with the controversies that happen uh, with even uh, issues like Facebook and everything you do. Somebody's counting it. Someone's looking at the statistics. Someone's deciding what they'll do and what they'll market because of what people are doing, voting with their feet, voting with their fingertips when it comes to what they're looking at online. So what you're saying is... You should do an ad for Movie Guide. we got to do this something. Uh, Ted, well, let me ask you about the movie that you're going to be appearing at tonight, uh, Paul Apostle of Christ, one of those big biblical epics, and uh, there's a rise in popularity there too. Are you speaking at that movie tonight in Melbourne because it is that movie, or are you just happening to be there and uh, there's an opportunity to see Ted Bear speak? <laughs> I was invited to uh, launch the movie, and I was invited to uh, to teach the master class tomorrow. 
Uh, I know the filmmakers behind Fall of the Apostle of Christ quite well. It's Sony, which is Columbia Pictures, one of the big six studios in Hollywood. We work closely with them. The man who heads up that division got our Lifetime Achievement Award this year at the Movie God Awards. And the man who uh, is uh, the whole executive VP, uh, he's very interested in making money. So, you know, this is... But the movie is a is a terrific. I cried at the end of the movie. It's a it's a biblical epic. Last year they did Risen, which was terrific, and they've done some really uh, beautiful films. And then I teach people how to do better films. So let let me just say, Neil, to be perfectly candid about this, no film is perfect. And uh, in Hollywood, film is all architecture. It's like these beautiful buildings I'm looking out on on uh, Melbourne on the dock on the Cay. And they're not going to stand up long unless they're built well. There are a couple of them being built right in front of me. So movies are like there's a point called the page 17 plot point. Uh, that's You've got to have a turning point or people get bored after that. In one Christian movie, the first plot point was page 54. And he said, he didn't like my movie. And I said, well, I was bored. I was sleeping by the time he got to the first plot point. So you, 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 there's structure in movies. And I can give you the... Um, backstory of what's good, what's bad, and what's indifferent, and we just keep trying to guide people. You know, it's, it's, it's a very, uh, we're the coach. Plato once said, and I know half your audience doesn't want to hear the name Plato, but he once said every artist needs a critic, and every athlete needs a coach. I used to be a, on the ski team at my college. I came in third in the internationals, which is the events that occur in between the Olympics and I beat Carl's once, but I had a coach who was so mean to me. And you got to appreciate that meanness because he drove me to excellence. And I didn't want to go any further to get more excellence, so I gave up on it. But uh, So we're, we're the coach behind the scenes. Life, culture, and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Ted Bear is in Australia. He's the founder and publisher of Movie Guide. It's the family guide to movies and entertainment. Ted, you're in Melbourne tonight and you'll be talking to audiences after a screening of Paul, Apostle of Christ. The Christian message these days competing with so many other messages. When we talk about the power of popular culture, uh, you do have some power and the power is, of course, in the way you might organize and choose your own entertainment. This is where you help people to be discerning in this. Uh, when you talk about popular culture with audiences or when you're lecturing at universities, uh, what is your message to people about just how significant a popular culture is and the way we need to address it? Well, once upon a time, uh, about 40 years ago, uh, that's how old I am. I was head of the department at, uh, at uh, City University of New York and we brought 60 professors together. The first studies have been done on the media uh, to give the first course in media literacy. And we've, we've looked at the stages of development of children and how vulnerable they are, especially vulnerable. Out of those 60 people came the American Society of Pediatrics, the American Medical Association, saying, saying kids under three should not be watching screens. Now, that doesn't mean that that happens, but we're trying to help that to happen. Between three and seven is the imagination stage, and they're very vulnerable to get their scripts of behavior. So I show a clip, uh, I'll show it tonight, of a couple of little babies. I mean, they can't talk yet. Copying a movie explicitly. You can watch the movie on television in the background. 
with a video of the babies copying it. And every year we get these videos of, of kids copying sometimes very salacious material before they can even speak. So the imagination stage is very vulnerable, and we go through that. We show you how to teach kids uh, to think through what they're doing. Of course, when they're little, you've got to be more in control. But as they get older, to empower them to want to choose the good and reject the bad. But there have been, when I was head of the department at Berkeley, there were 500,000 studies on the influence of the media. Now it must be over a million. And it's just every time I speak at a conference, there's some great academic presenting new information on how it affects your your brain, how uh, it's a plug-in drug. If you look at heroin, which is one of the most addictive drugs, right below that is cocaine. But between those two is pornography. So people get addicted to this stuff if you're susceptible, and it has a tremendous control on young children, and especially because young children can't articulate what's going on. They can't tell you, Mommy and Daddy, I'm you know addicted to this stuff. Somebody came to my talk in Adelaide, and their adopted Chinese son was addicted to violent video games. Um, and it's a serious problem. So they brought him to my talk on Sunday. So it's a very serious problem. People, parents need to take it uh, seriously. And uh, when I go to Korea, I did a talk to a baseball stadium, and I talked to the Philippines, because those countries do not want their kids being co-opted. And Australia needs to have the same passion for their children. Ted, take us behind the scenes in Hollywood for a few moments. Uh, some thoughts on the way that uh, producers, uh, directors are thinking, because we all know that uh, Christians are consumers of popular culture and films and entertainment like anybody else is. But who's on the other side of actually not just consuming but producing this material? Is there an upswing of people who come to uh, the production of film and entertainment with Christian values. What are your thoughts on what's uh, the, you know, the status in Hollywood? Well, first place, in terms of the, of the major filmmakers, there have been a lot of them who have uh, come out and come, become Christians. One of my favorite friends, um, he was uh, Muslim. He'd done 150 scripts, some of them for Oliver Stone. His son came to my class and had written a script about killing the host family he was living with. He came to Christ. The father came to Christ. The father did Young Messiah. I told you about the other friend who came to the Movie God Awards who was doing Dumb and Dumber and some really salacious films, too. who's now just making Hallmark films. So we see a lot of changes in the industry. And a lot of the people behind the scenes in the industry, not the people that are the stars and uh, who are window dressing on the set. My father was a star. I understand they get hired to do whatever they get hired to do. But the producers, the writers, the directors, for instance, I was doing an interview once with uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg, who's a friend, and uh, you know, I said, uh, are you going to this party tonight at somebody's house? And he said, no, I go to bed at 9 a.m. A lot of the people who are actually running the business are not out there partying and hitting the tabloids uh, the way the stars are who don't have to run the business. So there's, there's a lot of good behind the scenes. There's also a growing number of Christians who've just become great filmmakers. That's why I'm teaching the master class tomorrow. We see uh, the Kendrick brothers who did War Room and, and a lot of good movies, Fireproof. And Alex Kendrick used to be my radio engineer. And you see the Irwin brothers. And uh, it's taken a while, but we're, they did, I can only imagine. And, and they're getting better. So the Christians are getting better in their craft. 
Uh, Plato once said, I'm quoting Plato again, sorry, a civilization that forgets how to tell a story dies. I believe that Christians have the best stories. They just have to learn to tell them well. And they have to be willing to have a coach. I had one woman who made a very bad movie, not bad morally, but Christian movie. I said, did you ever take a filmmaking course? Oh, she said, no, I downloaded it from God. Well, you know, I said, so God's a bad filmmaker. <laughs> you know, you can't blame God for making a bad film. You have to learn. You have to, st- you know, you practice for years to be a great radio host. That's what you've got to do. You've got to practice. You've got to work at it. It's not something that's, that's easy every day. When you're talking about the business of filmmaking, and, you know, I guess it's obvious that Hollywood is into making not only viable films, but blockbuster films. So people are looking at the business side of things. Uh, How do you convince uh, filmmakers that, uh, including good values in films, things that will enhance a child's development, as we were talking about children before, how do you convince them that putting in those good values is actually good for society and even good for business too? We do a detailed economic analysis of every movie and of the whole box of office every year called the Report to the Entertainment Industry. We look at movies like you would do a CAT scan of your body. It was just for the man who had a heart problem. It's just like doing an MRI, finding out exactly where the flow problem is or whatever the problem is. And and when we started, I didn't realize that we were going to get figures that were so definitive. For instance, uh, strong Christian content means 2C in our book, 2 Christian content, overt Christian content, uh, does almost 10 times more box office than anti-Christian content. So I'll tell you Hollywood, I said, you know, I'm not trying to change your values. You can make this other stuff. But you're going to go bankrupt. I mean, Warner Brothers had to lay off 5,000 people after over its uh, 50,000 people who worked in uh, in Hollywood. And I said, you know, do you want to continue? You've got to reach people. And uh, every week, let me give you a better example. Every week, about 24 million in the United States go to movies, and about 118 to 140 million, 440 million on Easter and Christmas go to church. And Hollywood people will say, why do so many more people go to church? About 10 times more. And I'll say, because you get, you know, I'm a teddy bear. You get free coffee and free donuts, and I love donuts. And you go to a movie theater, and you've got to pay $10 for a stale donut and lousy coffee. So, of course, you go to church. And people love you there. Let's talk about church, because these days, perhaps more than ever before, churches have their own audio-visual departments. A lot of churches are working on their own productions. Does this become almost like a a next tier down from being a popular culture filmmaker? And uh, for people who might be aspiring in Christian churches, uh, filmmakers, actors, uh, creative technicians, uh, what are your thoughts on, on the choices they might be making about career moves into the future? Well, I think we need more Christians in Hollywood and less Hollywood in the Christians, more Christians in radio in every area. And you're absolutely right, so I'm just affirming what you're saying. When my father was on Broadway, it was before residuals, so he starred in Showboat. He was the gambler in Showboat, which Mel Gibson did when it became a movie. He starred in... But in the morning, he would do the morning show. He would do like the... Uh, the sidekick on the morning show, and then he would do a commercial or an industrial, and then he would do a soap opera. All of those are different scales. Uh, when I was head of the TV department at City University of New York, we did a little book review program. We spent, you know, as a student's doing them. Uh, I know they were 
50,000 students in TV at the University of York, but they were doing it, and they were doing it with a budget of about 250 to $500. I met a man later, uh, Stuart Heller, who was doing the PBS program with a $500,000 budget. Well, of course, the $500,000 budget looks a lot better, but you've got to concentrate on the level you have and make it as good as you can, and that's the way you do better. There's a purpose for church films. There's a purpose for commercials. There are purpose for all these things. When you're going to do them, if that's where you're called to do it, learn and show yourself approved. Seek wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Do the best commercial you can, the best radio show you can. They're all important. You know, there are many parts of the body. Not one of them. It's important for you to do what you're doing. It's important for us to do because we build a platform. When I say that we get 55 million non-duplicated people a month, that's, a, that's an audience that can support a movie like you can only imagine. So we're here to help and support the people who want to launch out into the big budget Hollywood movies. I can hear what you're saying. It doesn't matter what budget you're working with. Uh, aspire to get those right values and the quality of production into everything you do. Uh, there is a big picture issue here, here, isn't there? The idea of shaping culture and whether you are a high-budget filmmaker or whether you're a guerrilla filmmaker, and that's uh, people who sort of try and do it all on a on the smell of an oily rag, uh, you're actually doing something that helps to shape culture. This is important for us. This is extremely important for us, and, the, and other people understand that. You know, I think that uh, the person who, who has me speak tomorrow said that the Australian Film Commission did a study of all the films that they funded. Only two have made a profit. Um, now, I'd like to teach them how they can all make a profit, Neil. <laughs> but, you know, the fact of the matter is they're helping filmmakers. They're training filmmakers. Uh, so you started, You have to start someplace, and you have to be able to grow from that place and just don't get stuck, uh, uh, you know, with, with a level of quality that's, that's not achieving the goals that you want. Now, you mentioned you're teaching a master class on some film production. You mentioned that's tomorrow. I don't have all the details on that. Uh, do you have some detail? I mean, I know you're speaking tonight after Paul Apostle of Christ in Melbourne at Hoyts at Melbourne Central. Uh, so how does the master class fit in? The master class is going to go from 8 a.m. to uh, 6 p.m. It's going to be absolutely exhausting. I'm going to show... Uh, because I usually do this in a couple of days. I'm trying to condense it all down. I'm going to show you how to tell a, a great story. I'm going to give you the, the Hollywood secrets behind telling a great story. And they are, uh, they're not really secret, but they are things that Hollywood does that people outside of the big budget movies don't understand that this is what you have to do, like the page 17 plot point or the orchestration of a movie or the fact that a movie has to be driven by its premise or the quality of a premise and how to create. So I'll be doing exercises, I'll be doing theories, I'll be doing practice, all of this during the day. Um, and I think our mutual friend Ben uh, can give more information. I do not know if the class is full, but I'm happy whoever comes to give them uh, sort of a 30,000-foot overview of what they can do to improve their craft. 
Well, especially for Melbourne listeners today, uh, to take the opportunity while you can. Ted Bear in Australia, founder and publisher of Movie Guides. Uh, you'll be able to see Ted speaking tonight uh, at the film Paul, Apostle of Christ, uh, 6.30 until 9.30. So the movie is on the first part, the opportunity to hear Ted speak. And for details about how you can participate in that masterclass, probably the best way would be to uh, book yourself a movie seat tonight and hear you speak. Ted, so we'll, uh, we'll encourage people to go along to that uh, screening tonight and then be part of the masterclass tomorrow. Uh, Ted Bear, founder, publisher, movie guide, the family guide to movies and entertainment. He's also chairman of the Christian Film and Television Commission Ministry, as well as a noted critic, educator, lecturer and media pundit. There is a website, movieguide.org. Ted, thanks so much for being with us today on 2020. Have a beautiful day and thank you, Neil, for all the Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.